Hey, Bill O'Reilly here. Welcome to the No Spin News for Tuesday, October 5th, 2021. Stand up for your country. President Biden going to Michigan today to talk to the Operating Engineers Local Union uh, to build back better. Okay. Now, if you want to do an interesting experiment, you see how much of his speech is picked up. I can almost guarantee you none of it will be. I uh, could be wrong, and if I'm wrong, I'll tell you tomorrow. But, you know, he goes out and he does these speeches in swing states. Michigan is that. So Michigan could go either way. And he's trying to bolster the unions, and the unions remain solidly behind President Biden because with all the money he wants to spend, the tax money, the unions would benefit because they would be getting those contracts. So that's what he's doing. Rasmussen Daily tracking poll on presidential approval in the job. 43% approved, same as yesterday. 55% disapproved. That's ticking up. All right, and that's not a, uh, a good thing. The reason we um, use Rasmussen is because the only daily poll, and it's almost evenly divided among Republicans, Democrats, and they so-called other. So it's a, it's an honest poll. Now, let's get to uh, President Biden and abortion. So this is going to become a problem for the president. And we're pretty much the only ones reporting it from a non-ideological viewpoint. OK, this is I'm, I'm reporting this as a political story. It's another thing that's going to hurt Joe Biden. So let me walk with you through this abortion story. Uh, In the last election, about 22% of the electorate were Catholic. That's about 30 million voters. The vote was split. Trump got 50% of the Catholic vote. Biden got 49. Joe Biden portrays himself as a loyal Catholic. I don't use the word devout because He doesn't use it, and he's a loyal Catholic. He goes to Mass, and he is very upfront in saying that, which is a good thing. All Americans should be proud of their faith. Um, But he is also, at the same time, an abortion activist. He's not just pro-choice, all right? And he'll say he isn't. But he doesn't want to impose his views on others. That's what he'll say. But that's bunk. Okay. But he's an abortion activist. What does that mean? He makes it easier. He promotes abortion. So here's what happened yesterday. This is very interesting. So the um, federal government spends $250 million, tax dollars, a year on health clinics across the USA, 250 million. Under President Trump, none of those health clinics receiving federal money could refer anyone to an abortion doctor. Couldn't do it. Abortion clinic, abortion doctor. If you did it, you were cut off from federal funds. Biden, not under any pressure at all, has said, no, we're going to go back to the old way. So if you want to have an abortion, you can go into a federally funded abortion uh, health clinic, 
and they'll set you right up free at taxpayer expense with an abortion. That's activism. All right. And as you know, um, because I've reported it, America is one of only seven countries in the world that allows abortion on demand for any reason. The federal government allows that. Now, states are trying to countermand it, but only seven. So Joe Biden is a abortion activist. Why? Why would he go against his faith, his church? Why? Because the far left tells him to. And not one time since he's been president in nine months has he stood up to the far left. Not one time. Okay. Enter the Catholic Church itself, which has taken a severe beating over the last 15 years and has lost all moral authority throughout the world, all right? The only people who respect the Catholic Church are those who are Catholic and those who understand the difference between Catholic theology and the men who run the church, and that's not a big crew. So the Catholic Church, which once was the most powerful religious institution on this planet, has lost all its moral authority because of the priest pedophilia stuff. Okay, now there's a meeting next month, November, in Baltimore, where all of the American Catholic bishops get together. Number one on the agenda is the question, should Joe Biden and other politicians who promote abortion be denied the sacrament of the Holy Eucharist? So therefore, if you go to the communion rail, the priest would not give you the host. Extremely controversial. Extremely. It has to be a two-thirds vote of all the Catholic bishops in order for that to happen. That's not going to happen. Why? Because the Vatican, the Pope, doesn't want it to happen. Now, one of the top cardinals in Rome is Peter Turkson of Ghana, the African country of Ghana. Very, very close to Pope Francis. He was asked about Biden's abortion situation. Roll the tape. Do you have any question that President Biden is a Catholic in good standing? Should he be served communion? If you say somebody cannot receive communion, you are basically doing a judgment that you are in a state of sin. And, and that's and why it sounds you like, cannot receive communion. It sounds communion. like you don't think that should happen in the case of President Biden. No, you know, if you know, a priest is distributing communion, see, unexpected all of a sudden, somebody he knows who have committed murder, he's meant to protect the dignity and the respect of so that person. So it's for extreme cases. Yeah, those for extreme cases. Well, you can make an argument this is an extreme case to have the most powerful man in the world promoting abortion, which is a grave sin in the Catholic Church, could you not? So what's going to happen here, and I'll predict this now, is that the bishops are not going to deny Joe Biden the right to receive Holy Communion. But a lot of them will. A lot of them will vote to expel him from the sacrament, but not two-thirds. But around the country and the world, the Catholic Church will lose even more moral authority 
Because if you can't make a stand against someone promoting abortion, which is the killing of a fetus, if you can't make a stand on that, then what do you have? You think Jesus, if you were alive today, would be walking around going, well, you know, maybe, I, I, I don't think so. It's pretty clear that all human life comes from God and human beings do not have a right to terminate human life. That was pretty clear from Jesus of Nazareth. There's not a lot of wiggle room there. Self-defense, that's about it. Okay. So Biden is going to, he's not going to come out on top on this one. You wait and see. Let's go to uh, Senator Cinema from Arizona. Now, as you know, she and Senator Manchin of West Virginia, Democrats, will not vote for the $3.5 trillion massive socialist spending bill put forth by Joe Biden. Not going to vote for it. So now she's been targeted by far-left loons who want to hurt her. So she arrives in New York City from Arizona, from Phoenix, and there they are, ambushing her, all right? With cameras, they're yelling at her, doing all kinds of things to her. And this was a day after one of the loons followed her into a bathroom. Okay, so we know the game here. I had to deal with this on more than one occasion. These loons attacked me, came on my property, did whatever. I mean, it's what they do. Now, a liberal commentator, Don Lemon at CNN, actually criticized it. Go. When you violate someone's privacy, it blurs a line between activism and harassment. I'm not sure if it's even that blurry. It's harassment. Okay, so that was good for Lemon. All right, I, I give him points for that. Now, CBS and NBC covered this with, you know, no real comment on it. ABC did not. So Cinema handled it very well, I thought. The senator from Arizona didn't overreact, didn't play into it, just basically. But I'll tell you what, that kind of behavior, that makes her more determined. That makes Senator Cinema more determined not to give in to the far left. That's what it does. All right, let's get to COVID in New York City. Um, the healthcare provider Northwell has fired 1,400 people. Okay, that's 1% of its workforce, 76,000 people in New York work for Northwell. Um, and because they wouldn't get vaccinated. And they have a right to do it. Okay, remember that public health, all right, supersedes any kind of protection in the workplace. So Northwell, I'm sure they're going to be sued, but they'll, they'll win. And the Supreme Court was very, very clear on this. You can have mandates in the private sector. So if you're running a business and you feel somebody's a danger to public health, somebody comes in with leprosy and doesn't want to leave, you can, you can fire them. All right, so the government is a whole different way, whole different thing. And that's going to go to the Supreme Court. But private business, you're at their mercy. Now, on the campus of Oklahoma State University, there was a controversy. And this is fascinating. Okay. So the editor of the student newspaper, which is called The Ocali, is Madison 
Ferris, 20 years old. I should say she used to be the editor. She is no longer the editor. Now, Madison objected to the mask mandate, which was kind of murky from Oklahoma State. And here's what she wrote in the student newspaper, put it on the screen. Quote, what is going on at Oklahoma State is troubling. The backdoor approach to mass requirements is both concerning and laughable. The school may think that they are avoiding legal consequences by putting the authority for mass requirements in the hands of the professors. But the discrimination that has already occurred is a major cause for concern when it comes to future repercussions. Now, joining us now from Oklahoma, Stillwater, is a Miss Ferris. So I don't really understand why you're not the editor of the paper any longer. You have a right to that point of view that's journalistic freedom. It's freedom of speech. It's not crazy. It's not threatening. So why were you removed? Why did you resign from your position? Um, I would say that the biggest reason is that after I uh, published this opinion column, emphasis on opinion column, um, I received a lot of backlash online. Um, and that backlash was directed towards me personally, uh, but people did start saying the Okali this and the Okali that. And the pressure just really grew on my team and, you know, the people that work above us um, that, you know, really work for the school to really just clean up the name of the Okali and get it out of the eye of controversy and really just kind of calm the public down. And they really just honestly buckled to the pressure of public opinion. Okay. So the university says that masks in the classroom are optional. Is that correct? It is up to the professor once a, once a positive case has been um, found in the class or reported for two weeks, the professor can take whatever action that they choose. Uh, they have like three options. They can go online, they can go online, they can um, do like half and half, or they can be in person and the in-person students have to wear masks. Um, and so that's kind of where they are with that. All right. But that doesn't sound unreasonable, Madison. That doesn't does, sound like an unreasonable policy. It doesn't until uh, there came, you know, punishment for not you know, succumbing to these demands. And my question in this as a journalist was, where did this authority come from? Um, because I read, and the way that I interpreted Senate Bill 658 uh, was that actions like this couldn't be taking place and that a mask couldn't be forced onto someone. Okay, so the counter to that would be, as I just stated with Northwell Health in New York, the public health threat, and particularly if you have someone with COVID in a single classroom, supersedes the individual right. But that's a debate. I mean, that's my position. It's your position, all that. I'm troubled by the fact that you were thrown out of the class because you didn't wear the mask. You wouldn't wear it. Is that right? You defy the professor and he tossed you? Well, it was offered to me and um, she asked me to leave, which I did. I wasn't going to make a scene. I'm not going to do that. Um, I left the class and I've been attending online and it's been going well. Um, but yeah. Okay. So why didn't you just wear the mask? And I did say this in my column. People have asked me, why don't you just wear the mask? Um, you know, it'd be easier to just wear it for a couple of hours and not make a big deal. If I honestly believed that it was just a mask, then yes, I would wear it. But I do believe that it's more than that. Um, it is 
uh, becoming a control move. I don't believe that it was at first, but I think that as the uh, culture in America has kind of snowballed into um, these just really bloated emotions that it has become, you know, uh, quite the power move in the hands of the professors at Oklahoma State. All right. So you think the uh, professors are abusing their power now with the mask. Are there any professors that have uh, a different viewpoint in this? So let the kids in the class without a mask. Do you know of any? Um, I do have professors that uh, just, you know, don't seem to mind. Um, it is up to the professor what action that they take according to the school. They're not, you know, the school. Yeah, they don't have to do. Uh, you don't have a vax mandate, do you, to be in a classroom at Oklahoma State? No. Okay. So a lot of a lot of colleges do have that. If you want to go to the class, you got to be vaxxed. Right. Um, but you don't have that. Now, what if you didn't resign? I understand that there was tremendous pressure, and you know what the uh, social media situation is totally out of control in this country. Um, but what if you didn't resign? Why don't you say, look, I didn't do anything wrong here. I'm a journalist. I'm writing an opinion column. I'm entitled to my opinion. I'm not resigning. What, what would have happened? Well, that was actually my position at first. I told them, I said, the only way you're going to get rid of me is if you fire me and this and that. And I was determined that that was going to be the way I went. Uh, but my staff actually refused to work and the next day, so on Tuesday, they did not publish the paper that morning and were refusing to work um, until- I see, okay, I so they went on a, a walkout and, and then you did the right thing as far as, uh, okay, I'm not gonna destroy the paper because of my controversy. Well, I'll tell you what, are you a senior, Madison? I'm a junior. You're a junior, okay, when, you're, when you graduate, you let me know and I okay. will find you a job in journalism if you want it. Is that okay. a deal? That's a deal. Okay, because you're very articulate. We need to have courageous people. I don't particularly agree with you. I think if a professor uh, has a COVID case in the class, if I were the professor and I was a former high school teacher, I would say you got to wear the mask for your own protection. I would do that. But I like opposing points of view. I believe that dissent is important in this country, and I believe that you are sincere in what you put forth. So uh, when you graduate or, you know, maybe three months before um, you're out of there, let us know you have our information and, and you tell me what you want to do and we'll try to make that happen. We'll help you with that. OK. All right. Thank you very much. All right, Madison. Good luck to you. And thank you. Uh, that was a very, very good interview you did. Thank you very much. OK, uh, let's get on to Facebook now that we're on social media. Now, I don't live in this world. I don't have a Facebook account. I don't, I don't do any of this. I use uh, this primarily for research and business and, and all of that, but I'm not sitting around sending nasty emails or tweets to, about Madison, all right? That's not what I do. But I know that there are huge um, freedom problems in the social media area, but I also know that Facebook and others have a very robust security team because I know people on it and they're very close to me. So I know what they're doing and they're not irresponsible in the sense that they allow a lot of crime and they want to cut that down and they spend a lot of money on their security teams to do that. So, cause I want to be fair here, but there's no doubt there's a giant threat to we, the people in our freedoms by the social media companies, just the, the banishment of Donald Trump alone, which is now being adjudicated in federal court, that, that, that should never have happened. 
in a million years. But the social media companies should be free to signal or put in a different area content they believe to be false. Okay? And that has not been done to the extent it should be. So if you're a neo-Nazi and you're putting out every day on Facebook or Instagram, whatever, that Jews must die, that, no. No. Okay? Because that's hateful, insightful, could get somebody hurt. Now today, in front of the Senate Commerce Committee, a woman named Frances Hogan testified. You might have seen her on 60 Minutes. Now she has a beef against Facebook. And she says that it's harming children and that it's uh, allowing information to circulate that does damage. And she points to um, the attack on the Capitol for January 6th, that a lot of people who wanted that to happen or encouraging that to happen were operating on Facebook. All right. And so she wants the government to get involved. And she also says that teenage girls are being worked over on Instagram because their bodies don't correspond to the bodies that are glorified on social media. That's a strong point. But we do live in a, in a free society whereby if you're a good-looking woman and somebody wants to model you or, or compliment you, you can't stop them. That wouldn't be fair. But the key to this is Congress has to create new laws regulating social media what they can and can't do, and what kind of safeguards they have to have. Here's what Ms. Hagan said today. The company intentionally hides vital information from the public, from the U.S. government, and from governments around the world. The documents I have provided to Congress prove that Facebook has repeatedly misled the public about what its own research reveals about the safety of children, the efficacy of its artificial intelligence systems, and its role in spreading divisive and extreme messages. Okay, so I think that when the midterms are uh, finished, that's a year from this November, and the Republicans take back the House and Senate, which I believe they will, but, you know, I could be wrong, things are going to happen, that you were going to have new laws. But Biden may very well veto those laws because the left wants the capacity to censor. They want to keep Trump off Twitter. They want to. So it's a very interesting thing. And then yesterday, uh, Facebook went down, and so did Instagram and other some apps and whatever for seven hours, eight hours. I don't even know how long it was. And they don't know why. Is it a coincidence that all this is happening? I don't know. According to Bloomberg, Zuckerberg, Mark Zuckerberg, who owns Facebook, lost $6 billion yesterday. Whoa, that's a hit. Because the stock went down. Okay. New York City uh, and Chicago and L.A., three largest cities in the country, all out of control as far as crime is concerned. So roll the tape on this. In the Bronx, uh, there's a shootout on September 16th. Cameras caught it. Uh, 9.45 in the evening. Uh, people shooting each other, at each other. Um, no one was injured, according to cops. I don't think anybody was arrested. Even if they were arrested, they wouldn't be prosecuted. It's a big brawl in Chicago now. Lightfoot, the liberal mayor, is screaming at the DA because the DA will prosecute a massive shooting, massive gang shooting. She won't bring charges. All right. So this is what happens when progressives get power. You don't punish criminals, even criminals with guns, violent criminals. You don't punish them. So what do you think is going to happen? 
So we all know this on and on and on and on. And the reason is these progressive people do not care about public safety. And here is the proof. That shooting took place very close to AOC's district. So where are you, Congresswoman Ocasio-Cortez? Why didn't you issue a statement about that tape? Why aren't you trying to solve that problem or bringing attention to it? That unbelievable violence in the Bronx. That's your turf, madam. I did a radio commentary today on Nancy Pelosi um, outlining all of her wealth. She's worth about $125 million. And her district in San Francisco is way out of control. She's got a big wall in front of her $10 million mansion. She never engages on this. And neither does AOC. It shows you what hypocrites, what phonies they are. All right, let's go to Iowa and Donald Trump. So Iowa, obviously, the first state uh, for the next presidential election. They're going to have a caucus there. And they had a poll, Des Moines Register. 805 Iowans. Um, and they asked, uh, what are your feelings about Donald Trump? Net favorable, 53% in Iowa. Not favorable, 45 Now, they asked the same question in March, the Des Moines Register did. Net favorable then, 45 So Trump's up 8 Favorable, unfavorable, 53 So it flipped. Isn't that interesting? So next week, uh, your humble correspondent, that's me, Go down to Mar-a-Lago, and I'm going to interview former President Trump. Now, this is part of the run-up to uh, the Trump O'Reilly history tour. I've got to make sure I always say Trump's name first. So the Trump O'Reilly history tour will commence in December, all right, in Fort Lauderdale, that's Sunrise, Florida, uh, Orlando, and then the next weekend in Houston and Dallas. Now, these shows are going to be historical because we're going to get on the record things that you have never heard. It's not going to be relitigating the election. It's not going to be fake news. not going to be any of that. It's going to be, this is what happened. How did you do it? Who are the good guys? Who are the bad guys? What do you think about Mike Pence? I'm going to get real personal on some of those questions. So I, I want the president to understand the tone of the history tour, which is why I'm going there to interview him. It's kind of like a preview. Everything is expensive these days, you know that. The government is printing trillions of dollars in consumer prices higher than ever. If the government continues its printing and spending, the dollar could continue its freefall and lose its coveted role as the world reserve currency. Let's hope that doesn't happen. But there are a few things you can do right now. American Hartford Gold can show you how to protect your money, your retirement, your hard-earned savings against inflation by helping you diversify a portion of your portfolio into physical gold and silver. Start with a short phone call, and they can have physical gold and silver delivered right to your door or put inside your 401k or IRA. So please call or text them right now. Tell them Bill O'Reilly sent you. Call 877-444-GOLD, 877-444-GOLD, or text GOLD to 65532. Again, that's 877-444-GOLD, 
or text GOLD to 65532. All right, now we will run that uh, on BillOReilly.com on the 1st, on WABC, and all of our affiliates across the country a week from Monday. And that's when they, uh, we'll run it. It's exclusive. Nobody else is going to have this stuff. But I want to tell you that, uh, you know, this thing is big. So we'd love to see you there, by the way. Go to BillOReilly.com. We'll switch right over to whatever box office you want. Uh, once in a lifetime. And uh, become a premium and concierge member on BillOReilly.com. You'll be able to see the clips of the show. We're not going to run a whole thing. Obviously, that wouldn't be fair to the people who are uh, paying to get in. Um, but you'll be able to see the flavor of it here. Nowhere else. Nowhere else. Only the people who deal with the no-spin news going to get this. So uh, I hope and it makes great Christmas presents. That is for sure. Okay, so uh, if you are a concierge member of BillOReilly.com, you'll get direct assets uh, to me. Okay? And uh, one of our concierge members, 83-year-old widow named Patricia, um, wrote me a letter, very, very emotional letter, and she has blood cancer. And she needs some money, and she has money tied up in the Viking Cruise Line because one of her cruises, which she paid for in full, was canceled because of COVID, and she got a voucher. So now she can't go on a cruise with blood cancer, and she wanted to get her money back, and I told her I would try. Well, Viking Cruise Lines, to its absolute credit, is going to refund the money to her. But this is a little bit more complicated, and I want to explain it to you. All the cruise ships lines got pounded with COVID, and they can't possibly refund cash to all of the people who couldn't go on the trip. So they give them vouchers so you can go on a trip, and each cruise line has whatever rules they want to have. I understand that. I got it, okay? Because it, you couldn't, they don't have enough money. They couldn't do it. And their whole, uh, the whole industry got devastated. So I understand it. But I get a lot of mail. Well, I can't go on it. Now they have it. It's not fair. It's not fair. It's not fair, but life is like that. This is a COVID casualty. So here's what I am recommending to everybody in that circumstance. All right. And I think there are flights too, airline flights. Donate your vouchers to a charity that they can put it up in auction. All charities have auctions now. And churches have auctions, synagogues to raise money. If you donate your vouchers, your cruise vouchers, plane vouchers, whatever it may be, you can take a tax write-off for that, okay? And so you'll save some money. That is, now you're helping people because you're giving the charity, they can raise money from your voucher or ticket, and you're helping yourself. It's the best you can do. Now, in the case of Patricia, I applaud Viking. In fact, I may take a Viking cruise. It's a good outfit. You know, it does a lot of great river things in Europe, which is an excellent way to see that continent. Um, and I'm, I'm very happy that they responded to us and that this poor woman who we are praying for, you know, her end of her life is a little less stressful. So I wanted to tell you that I want to report on this. What we do here, you know, I got a slogan, we're looking out for you. And oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I am. I always have been. It's going on 25 years now. Okay, so there we go. 
um, this day in history. So October 5th, 1992, who's president? Bush the Elder. Now, Bush the Elder was a successful president. He lost because he was raising taxes. Hello, Joe Biden. And Clinton beat him. He was only overturned once in the veto. Only one time. And it happened today, 29 years ago. What was the issue? Cable TV. That's the only reason I'm bringing this to you. So, in 1992, Congress wanted to wipe out all the restrictions on cable TV and have companies compete for your dollar. Bush didn't want it. He says it's going to be too chaotic. It's going to be too much uh, corruption. I'm vetoing it. Congress overrode it. And the cable companies were allowed to compete without government interference. Since that time, your cable bill has gone up 50%. So much for competition driving prices down, right? Because you can't. There's only a few cable companies. But ironically, now, millions of Americans are pulling a cord on it. They don't want to pay $200, $250 a month for cable. So they're buying what they call bundles that are a lot less. But since from 1992 to 2000, cable companies made gazillions because Congress overrode Bush the Elder's veto of the cable bill. Pretty interesting. All right, talking about interesting, we have a uh, Rock'em Sock'em mail segment and then a final thought. I am getting tons of mail about money. What should I do? Because the Biden administration is tottering. I will have a final thought on money after these announcements. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. All right, let's go to the mail. Ronald, concierge member Ronald. Way to go. Um, Bill, I find it amazing that people complain about politicians and their voter base, but tolerate their own family members and friends that voted to support the very same people they despise. Change has to start at your dinner table. I disagree with you somewhat here. Family is the most important thing in life. Family and your health. All right. Religion, of course, very, very important to many, many people. And you slot that in wherever you want. But on this earth, family, good health. If you have a family member who you love or even like, but that person is ideological apart from you, you don't banish them from the dinner table. You don't disparage them as long as the belief is sincere. Now, if they're loons, I understand. Who wants to have Thanksgiving dinner with a lunatic? No one. All right. 
you have to have a quiet conversation, no politics or whatever it may be. But I wouldn't be banishing people in my own family. I've never done that. Um, I try to keep the family together as much as I can. Penny, how is withholding campaign money if one doesn't toe the line for Nancy Pelosi, not a form of blackmail? It's coercion. So Nancy, Nancy Pelosi, Chuck Schumer, and Mitch McConnell on the Republican side, they make it quite clear, if you don't go along with what the leadership wants, you might not get campaign funds. But it's not blackmail, it's coercion. Donna, concierge member, thank you, Donna. As a business owner, I know you cannot borrow your business into prosperity, just as the government can't tax us into social justice. Absolutely. That's a very, very good letter, Donna. It is just dividing this country like I've never seen. Anna Mirzoyan, Westlake Village, California. Bill, I bought Killing the Mob, can't put it down, but here's my question. You mentioned on last Thursday's broadcast that you think coverage of COVID and vaccine mandates has been fair on the no-spin news, and I did. Well, I don't know what fair means in that context, but it certainly has not been balanced. Although you are quick to professionally opine and conclude that certain actions taken by the state and federal governments are or are not constitutional, you have not done so with respect to vaccine mandates. Sure I have. Sure I have. And I've done it. I did it today. Private company, they can mandate what they want. And that's it. You have no protection. Federal, state, and local government, they can't mandate unless you work for them. So Biden said all federal employees have to be vaccinated or some other thing. They got to get a daily swab. I don't know. Well, Biden can do that, but he can't say to you, if you don't work for the federal government, you got to be vaccinated. Now, that's going to go to the Supreme Court in one form or another. But Anna, come on now. I think we've had the best COVID coverage. Michael Lempinau, Chiang Mai, Thailand. Chiang Mai is in the northern part of Thailand. Um, fascinating place. Bill, please don't forget Taiwan. When you give examples of a weak president, almost every day China sends planes into Taiwan airspace. The only reason is because they know Biden will do nothing. I know this is a big story in Asia. Um, we're watching it. You're right. President Biden is weak. The Iranians know it. Putin knows it. Xi of China knows it. I don't think the Chinese are going to invade Taiwan or launch military action. That would crush their economy for years if they did that. But you never know. Shirley Robinson, Deltona, Florida. Bill, I understand chain of command. And that is why uh, Lieutenant Colonel Schiller is in the brig. But what about General Milley, who went outside the chain of command to speak with the Chinese? So that's disputed. Milley says he didn't do anything, that everybody knew that there were people there. It's disputed. What the lieutenant colonel did is admit it. He admitted he did a wrong thing as a commissioned officer, active duty. Chris Sandoz, Harvey, Louisiana, you said California recall would tell if there was any hope for California coming back to the middle. Well, next month's Virginia gubernatorial election tell us the same thing about that state. Yeah, that's so so. California's never coming back. It's gone, right? Never, ever, ever. 
Virginia, much, much, much different situation. You know, Terry McAuliffe, not going to stand up to the far left. Clinton confidant. Going to be close. But if they don't, if they vote for McAuliffe, Virginia, pretty much a blue state, at least. Well, I just say it pretty much solidifies itself as a blue state. I think that's fair. Okay, so we've told you about the Trump tour. We have not told you about picking up your regret, your 2020 vote yet. I'm giving these out for Halloween to trick-or-treaters. No sugar. (laughs) You imagine some kid coming up and I give him one. I wouldn't do that. I'm going to have healthy stuff that tastes good for him. But anyway, uh, if you buy any of my books, including Killing the Mob, which you love, you get two free bumper stickers, and we sell them in packs of five. It doesn't cost much. Um, And you can get them out and have a few laughs, I hope. I hope. Um, okay, where did they do not be a charlatan when writing to us? Bill at BillOReilly.com, Bill at BillOReilly.com, name in town if you wish to opine. Want to be on our tweet band with Holly the Terror Dog? At Bill O'Reilly. Back in a moment with the final thought on money. I'm Mike Slater from the podcast Politics by Faith. This is a crazy time in our country. It's stressful, a lot of anxiety, and it's going to get worse. And I realized that one of the things that helps me take away the stress is realizing that there's nothing new under the sun. So on this podcast, we take the news of the day and we run it through the Bible and other periods in history to realize that we've been through this before and we can rise above again. Politics by Faith, anywhere you listen to the podcast. Politics by Faith. Hey, this is Vivek Ramaswamy. The media has systematically lied to you. The Hunter Biden laptop story, the origin of COVID-19, the Trump-Russia collusion hoax, or how your money's being spent in Ukraine. Enough already with the lies. No more lies, hard truths only. That's what the Truth Podcast is all about. It's not standard conservative talking points. If you want that, go somewhere else. But if you want the hard truth delivered to you in a way that challenges you and will challenge me intellectually, you're not going to find anything like this on the internet. Subscribe to The Truth Podcast today on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, here's the final thought of the day. Been a lot of mail, as I mentioned, about people very worried about their 401ks, about their bank accounts, whatever. So I can't give you financial advice, all right? That would be wrong of me. I am not an expert in finance. But I can tell you what I do. I have stops on all my individual stocks. On my mutual funds, I just let them ride. On my individual stocks, they have what they call a stop order, where it hits a certain point, it sells automatically. Because I don't want to write it down on individuals. But I will write it down on mutual funds. Why? Because in my lifetime, stock markets always come back. And if you are younger than me, you have a younger time timeline. Okay, so don't panic about it. This six hundred dollar reporting to the IRS, that's not going to get through, not going to pass. Just do what you do. There's not going to be any currency. uh, You know, it's going to be inflation. And, uh, you know, that's Biden. That's going to kill him, by the way, in next year's election. But steady. Steady. Okay, it's painful, but you got to hang tough. That's my favorite expression. Hang 
tough. No matter what happens in the short term, that market's going to come back. But if you sell into it, you panic, you lose forever. If you don't, you lose for a temporary time. So that's my advice and a final thought of the day. You do with it what you will. All right. But remember, I'm looking out for you. We'll see you tomorrow.